Welcome, welcome, welcome. You guys ready to party? I said, are you ready to party? I need to know if I can start the party. You know what? Start the party. Did Michael give you permission to do this? Start the party. Hello, my jazzy friend. Hey, how's it going, Cameron? Um, so I have this little I um get together I'm having this okay. weekend. All right. We're gonna have a pickup game. Ooh. It's just be a, gonna be a couple of bros, a couple of dudes. Nice. We're just gonna we're just gonna throw the ball around, and there's no like pressure on playing the game. Awesome. Just, it's a, little, it's a little fun time. I was wondering if you wanted to join us with some b-ball. Wow. Are you inviting me to play hoops? Yes, I am. I, I would be honored to play hoops with you. Awesome. We're just going to hoop it up, maybe listen to some jazz. I hope you're a jazz man. I love jazz. In fact, when I play hoops myself, I think of jazz, and it inspires me to play better. Wow. That's some inspirational stuff, my friend. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, before we before we do that, I think we should talk about to get prepped for this awesome pickup game we're gonna have. Um, we should talk about the episode of The Office where they play basketball. Okay, I think I have time in my schedule for that. Yeah, it's even called basketball. Oh, so, perfect. Yeah. Just, do they play hoops in it? They do indeed play some hoops. Awesome. I'm even trying to think of his episode starts out. Is it with him and Dwight in the office? It starts with Michael and his gym bag. Oh, And then right. he walks into the office and then right. Jim lifts up his, Ryan lifts up his, and then Dwight lifts up his bag. And right. Michael has a look of disappointment <laughs> on his face as he walks into his office. Yeah, he does not want Dwight to play basketball with him. Yeah. Which, I mean, I kind of questioned it when it first opened up the episode, and then we learned that something happened at Michael's pickup game, and I had to research what a pickup game is. <laughs> okay, enlighten us with your definition of a pickup game. It's essentially where you invite people to play basketball, but okay. there's no real commitment you have to make to it. Gotcha. So it's basically just boys throwing hoops. Okay. Cool. That's about it. Playing a few hoops? Yeah. All right. A little um, pickup game? Yeah. At first I thought he meant pick up sticks, and I thought that would have been great. <laughs> that would have been good. <laughs> it's like, what? Something so controversial happened at Michael's pick up sticks game. It was wild. <laughs> Todd Packer picked up too many sticks, even <laughs> though they moved. But are we surprised? <laughs> I love how he says, I vouch for you in front of Todd Packer. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I'm trying to think of what exactly that entails. So Michael invited Todd and Dwight and other miscellaneous people. We don't know. Maybe it was just those three. And... To a pickup game, and then Michael vouches for him for some reason, and then Dwight squanders it. 
Okay, here's the scenario I'm picturing in my All head. Right. So, yes, Todd Packer invites Michael Scott to come to a pickup game okay. with a few of his buddies he's made at the bar or something yeah. along those lines. Okay. But Dwight has heard of this plan and begs to come along. So, Michael finally gives in. They show up at the park, and Todd Packer says, Why'd you bring that dweeb? And Michael says, no worries, he knows how to play. Uh-huh. And he vouches for him, saying, no, this guy knows how to play. Uh-huh. He may look like a dweeb, but he's got the skills with the hoops. And that's the scenario that I see. Okay. Yeah. Dwight with his Anime Expo Philadelphia 2002 shirt. And his face mask. I never noticed his Anime Expo shirt oh, really? before. <laughs> and I just... <laughs> I never pictured... Dwight as like an anime nerd because we always know him as a sci-fi nerd that's true but never with anime he is into swords isn't he for some reason that aligns with anime for me I don't know why I I haven't watched a lot of anime so I've watched a couple but I was forced to Hmm. (laughs) I hear good things I just never been able to commit to I'm bad at committing to cartoon shows I don't know why, I just, for some reason, my attention span can't deal with... Really? Not... So you, there's no, like, cartoon shows you've watched? Not that I've committed to. Which ones have you tried? Um, I started, like, Adventure Time forever ago, and then I didn't commit to that. I only watched a couple episodes, and then... I think the next one, like the big one I committed to was um, Voltron. It's like a DreamWorks Netflix thing. Um, But I watched at least three seasons of it. Um, But it was... I don't know. I think it's just because they're meant, they're either meant for children or children and adults. Yeah. They're not typically just for adults. There are some, but not a whole lot. And I think it's just the repetition of watching, I mean, like any children's show where it's just, there's a tiny conflict and you know exactly the outcome of it yeah that's true and that was the same with voltron where it's like oh no uh the bad guy locked them in uh they're gonna destroy their ship are they gonna get out of it (laughs) what do you think yeah and then they also had just bad character development with their because they also teased like a certain couple getting together and then it never followed through. Oh. So they lied about it. And yeah, it was just, it was basically um, just, so it was between two guys. And so they were basically just gathering every person from the LGBT community. They're like, we're being inclusive. Watch the whole show to find out. And then you watch the whole show and you're like, you never did it and you lied to us. And I kind of caught on to their tricks before they 
followed through and I was like, yeah, this isn't, no, <laughs> this isn't a I'll good film and, or show. And it's just, you're swindling people to get a reaction out of them and make them see more into it than, yeah, it was just dumb. So yeah. And then I watched a couple animes, like specifically animes, but I just never, their premises are cool, but a lot of anime is like a really intriguing first episode and then a bunch of filler. Mm. (laughs) And then the last episode of the season is cool again. Um, It's yeah. I don't know. I, I've heard there's better ones out there that I probably should check out, but I don't know. I've had too many bad experiences (laughs) with cartoons. I just can't. The one I've really, the anime show I've really heard good things about is The Last Airbender. Oh. That's the only one I've been really interested in checking out. Yeah. But, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe one day. I've heard good things about Cowboy Bebop and Death Note is a classic one. Um, yeah, those are the main two. A lot of people like One Punch Man, but... Uh, I've heard it also gets repetitive, but that's from some people. But I feel like it would get repetitive for me just because, I don't know. One animated show I have been watching is Bob's Burgers. That's a pretty fun show. I don't know if you've heard of that one. The classic anime. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's it's not super well known yeah. for its anime style, but I... I'm gonna go on record and just say it's pretty good anime. Yeah, it's a good anime. Yeah, I've seen so, probably one episode of that. It's pretty funny. I've just yeah. never been interested enough to watch the whole thing. Yeah. I finally decided to because I kind of ran out of stuff to watch. So yeah. I just kind of my background show. But then I started getting interested in it. I was like, oh, <laughs> it's kind of fun. Yeah. But yeah, I just I never pegged Dwight as a anime nerd. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. We don't really see anything else about that. No. In his character. Yeah. It seems more of a Gabe type thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he would for sure have the anime. He was yeah. probably at that expo oh, in yeah. 2002. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been an amazing crossover <laughs> before they actually started working together. Uh, that would be really funny. <laughs> that would be amazing if when Gabe actually shows up and then Dwight's like, I've recognized you from somewhere. That would be really funny if they had a connection. <laughs> you were that guy. They're trying to deny it, or they, like... I feel like Dwight couldn't remember exactly where, but Gabe knows, and he doesn't want to admit that he went to an anime expo. That would be funny. Proud of Dwight for going to the World Anime Expo yeah. in 2002. Wearing his shirt proudly. Apparently you can buy that shirt now. No way. Yeah. So, I think it's specifically, I don't know if, I don't know if it's um, from the office that they made it. Mm -hmm. I feel like it is, but I know that you can buy that shirt because I looked it up. That's funny. So the episode starts out with a basketball game that's already been established off camera um, that they're going to do with the warehouse. And it seems like they just started out as it being a harmful or harmless i should say right it's weird because it feels like the warehouse isn't really aware of 
it actually happening or they were like okay michael's talked about this but i don't know if it's actually happening today yeah because they didn't have a solid plan in place yeah they had to discuss what time the day of yeah (laughs) when michael told everyone else to bring their Uh basketball gear yeah which is kind of funny i didn't think about that Mm -hmm. it's like we'll we'll plan it yeah because the warehouse does put on athletic gear but i don't know i feel like i mean it's obvious they didn't take it as seriously as upstairs right (laughs) just because they don't have michael directly as their boss Mm -hmm. (laughs) what else is interesting is this is the first episode where we're really introduced to the warehouse characters Mm -hmm. yeah because daryl has been in background we saw him once in the last episode of the alliance when dwight's coming out of the box yeah that's i think that's the first intro to daryl yeah um we've met roy in passing in the first few episodes but yeah this is like the first intro to all the warehouse workers um and a lot of them don't change that's true they're pretty solid in there yeah because the only one that i think can change is the guy who hit michael in the nose right but yeah the rest stay for practically the entire show yeah that's true i wonder how often they work like uh, in real life you know as actors just on the set of the office owner That'd be really funny. Like, it's adding to the atmosphere of the show. Just knowing that the warehouse. That'd be actually pretty funny if that was happening. (laughs) Craig Dano's like, this needs to happen. I'm telling you. Maybe that's why the show's been such a success. It's because the warehouse. What if the real reason why it kind of went on a downswing is because they stopped having the warehouse workers work (laughs) while they were filming? (laughs) yeah i can see that (laughs) that's the real reason it's not because characters left (laughs) it's because the warehouse stopped working while they were filming and just the ambiance of them working (laughs) yeah we see michael really challenging the warehouse workers and we see a weird relationship between the upstairs Uh and the warehouse and it's weird because Daryl is... Is Daryl the one in charge? Or is Roy... Daryl's the one in charge, okay. I think. So it is weird having Michael speak with Daryl. Mm-hmm. It just seems like there's a weird chemistry between them. Yeah. Because <laughs> Daryl's all about running his warehouse and keeping things in order. Mm-hmm. But Michael feels like the warehouse is like a playground. Yeah. And it kind of feels that way even for the audience because we don't really see a lot of just them working like we do in the upstairs, Um, which is just because it's not necessarily needed for the show. Um, And 
the only times we really see the warehouse is when they are goofing off. Yeah, that's true. So it even kind of sets a standard for the audience as well that they're not taken seriously. Even though we know that they do stuff and they have orders they need to get out, but, you know, we only hear them say that instead of actually seeing it. That's true. So we do also kind of view them as they're the party place, you know. It's where the boys go. Yeah. (laughs) So they have their men's meetings. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I feel like that dynamic also plays into Mike's slight racism (laughs) with the warehouse. Yeah. And it's not even like a negative racism. It's just he's ignorant to behaving around people of a different color yeah and he has like a lot of preconceived notions yeah. and believes all the stereotypes i guess yeah so he just imagines that's that that that's the way mm-hmm. that is in their community yeah but it's, it's funny when he's like miss Rogers. It, it evolved from what was the beginning of that i don't remember i can't remember it's a long list of nicknames <laughs> though but slowly it evolves to miss rogers not mr rogers but miss rogers yeah it is odd how he goes into kind of a spiel about i don't even remember exactly what he's talking about but he just uses all of this lingo that would derive from like a stereotypical like what a white person would view a person of color um in a racist kind of manner right and then he evolves to saying, oh, it's just a get-together. Because um, it seems like he's kind of realizing that he shouldn't go to this extent. And he's still ignorant about it, but he kind of recognizes the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not the line that he needs to recognize, but he still has one. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I'm always... I mean, I'm in the belief that you know, people can have these, like, certain notions that immediately come from uh, their subconscious, but then they kind of snap into, oh, I shouldn't be saying that. Right. Because um, I feel like everyone has those moments. Definitely. No matter, like, yeah. what you're talking about, whether it's race or gender or sexuality or whatever. Um, everyone just has those moments where they think something kind of ignorant they don't say it out loud and then their brain is like wait you shouldn't be saying that this isn't what you should be doing and instead of michael just thinking that he portrays it all out loud um and again the line where he draws it isn't correct but he still has that judgment of oh i should just be saying like we're all friends and we're just having a get together right um (laughs) just his the amount of fear that he has from like especially daryl when they're actually agreeing to betting against um staying saturday uh there's like a moment where daryl kind of steps forward before he agrees and there's this fear in michael's eyes that daryl is just going to punch him I think that's a constant fear of Michael whenever he's around Daryl. Yeah. Because there's been a lot of encounters like that where, mm-hmm. you know, Daryl will make a threatening step and yeah. Michael freaks out. <laughs> just also commenting on, it doesn't just apply to the warehouse, but also to Stanley. Right. Um, 
where when Stanley actually starts playing basketball, it's a very <laughs> goofy way. I love how they have him dribble. It's just great. And Michael's so outraged that Stanley's not amazing at basketball. Yeah, it's true. Uh, and when he's first, when he's trying to find another person for the team, it's like, well, Stanley, obviously. <laughs> so I was like, why obviously? And that even stretches into like his sexism as well. Right. When Phyllis offers to join and he's like "Eh, no (laughs) yeah we see kind of a lot more of michael's politically incorrect side yeah in this episode because he's also he asks jim if he's a homo Mm -hmm. and he's like oh well not in the homosexual way but like in the bad at sports way (laughs) it's like what i think that goes without saying (laughs) but yeah it's just (laughs) Because obviously in that moment, Michael's harassing Pam, yeah. uh, you know, basically dumbing her down to her figure and her body and saying, oh, you should be the cheerleader, get like a skimpy outfit and right. root for us. And Michael or Jim can see the obviously just disgust and... Um, uncomfortableness in Pam and so he reaches out a hand to kind of turn it on its head and not make it as much about sexism and kind of give her a laugh of the concept of you know him instead being in like a skimpy cheerleader outfit and then Michael just has to clap back and be like yeah as long as you're not too gay on (laughs) the court and it's like (laughs) like you can see it in jim's eyes he's he's just widen and he's like whoa that went too far (laughs) it is kind of uh interesting to think about oscar as um obviously he comes out in a later season and um yeah just they don't really show his reactions because they don't think they had that planned yet but um i mean obviously oscar is already uh berated by michael with hispanic stereotypes right like maybe if we're playing baseball yeah we'll ask you to be on our team yeah um and then just on top of that oscar also gets berated with like gay homosexual jokes um and yeah we just definitely get a glimpse into michael's not so good side in this Mm -hmm. episode um where not only is he all these different types of ignorant but he also has a very we already know that he has a childish side but this is like to the max where he's i mean that's kind of shown with a lot of characters in this episode actually where they just are very childishly competitive and you know they have little nicknames that they call each other and they berate each other with either bets or just being aggressive um and yeah this this episode paints a lot of the characters in a more negative light and it's not like that's bad it just shows how flawed these characters are yeah and that they're not perfect at all 
yeah, it's definitely important when telling a story to show the human side mm-hmm. or the just the natural flaws that occur yeah. in people yeah. and how everything isn't one-sided. There's not one person who has all the right things to say mm-hmm. or to think. Yeah. So that is interesting. I wonder what what is the motivation for giving Michael's character such a ugly side? Mm-hmm. Part of it might be because it's based off the Richie or the Ricky Gervais character, yeah. which I imagine I still haven't watched the seasons. I've watched maybe an episode, but yeah. I think that his character is a lot more like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the look of him, it's definitely like a sleazy greasy salesman who yeah. would have that like gritty gross personality right um but i feel like it even if it is based off of the other character you know they still go to different extents and do different jokes on who michael is um that don't exactly pertain to the uk version of the office and yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of why make him so bad. <laughs> Just so ignorant with how he handles everything. Um, I think part of it is just... It's a good... It's kind of like children's shows where you have kind of an ignorant character figure that needs to learn. And... In turn, it teaches your child that's watching the same lessons that it's teaching this other character. Yeah. But just on a more adult level, I want to say, where instead of the alphabet or numbers or whatever, it's about racism and sexism and just all these different um, topics that adults are still trying to handle. And I wonder if it's... Because... The Office definitely feels like a lesson learning kind of show. Yeah. Or even if we know the lesson that's already being taught, we want to see Michael learn that lesson. Um, and so I wonder if that's... It's kind of a driving force of how to write an Office episode where Michael needs to learn something. And I think that's also why not just the performance of uh steve carell in general but also that character of michael is gone so it's harder to write office episodes Mm -hmm. when there's not that character that you can base off of all of this ignorance happening to create some kind of conflict yeah those are a lot of good points i in some ways i feel like the office is a satire on the workplace in general Mm -hmm. and how it is really uncomfortable to have your boss saying racist and sexist things and so maybe pointing a finger at that and saying look we're aware that this happens in workplaces and in that way it might help the viewer relate to it but also think about it more and maybe see what steps they can take to resolve that yeah. in their own lives yeah i think so too because even for someone who either wants to be a manager or is a manager 
even if you're still like a stand-up person you can still learn from oh i shouldn't ever do that right um and i think it's also an easy way to show change in michael as the seasons progress Mm -hmm. is when he stops making those certain jokes you realize that he's becoming a better person um and especially like when he meets holly it you know we love michael um and he becomes a very likable character and in the last episode when we finally see him again it's just so much more impactful because we love this person um despite still some of the flaws that he may have but he's definitely improved from the sleazy guy that he was in these first few seasons yeah it's yeah it's interesting that that's sort of the path that his character takes and i i'm trying to think of times where he's shown that he's grown from these sort of ideas Uh i can't really think of anything like specifically but but i can see that that is probably what happens where he does maybe evolve a little bit in how he thinks about the world yeah it's it's hard to actually pinpoint something because it's not super noticeable because it's not like he's changing his dialogue he's just not saying it so it's hard to point out something that just isn't there right um but i think the main thing uh like the biggest turn point for his personality was when he met holly and started dating her and obviously he still kind of makes uh kind of i guess less tasteful jokes but they're in, they're typically only in front of holly and that's because she enjoys them and they have the same personality and she's agreed to like those jokes um and she's fine with them so i think that's the main thing is just he's understood that you can't just make a joke or you know be sexist to your receptionist that you don't have a relationship with um but you can to your girlfriend who's also um it like explicitly said like it's okay that you make these jokes because i'm fine with them and i'll like make the same kind of jokes towards you um and i think that's the main thing is just he's realized that i can't make these jokes to just anyone it has to be someone who's like okay with it happening yeah yeah it is i think i admire their willingness to point out these type of topics Mm -hmm. and work with them in the show instead of just ignoring that that's a part of life Mm -hmm. and i think that's another just this constant thing that i admire about the office is that they're willing to be realistic in their portrayal of what's happening in the world yeah yeah and it is interesting because mostly like michael is all of the bad things of an office packed into one but he's still a compelling character which is definitely hard to do 
when someone is so ignorant to these very important topics and yet we're still saying oh you know he's still a good guy like i still love him as a character um which yeah i i don't know exactly how they do that but they somehow do yeah that's interesting that yeah he he says such offensive things but you still love him Mm -hmm. and i think there's a kind of a deep lesson you can learn from that yeah because especially today i feel like it's so easy to hear someone's ideologies and then automatically dismiss them as a person yeah instead of trying to resolve that with them in mm-hmm. like a polite way instead of just being like, wow you're just a terrible person yeah so i never want to associate with you again mm-hmm. but instead not put up with it which unfortunately his employees mostly have to do yeah. but I think allowing that to happen in the TV show can kind of it can reflect back in your life so that you're able to maybe be more open to people that act that way and say, okay, yeah. this is still a person. They still have real thoughts and feelings and some of their ideas are not correct, but you should still be willing to recognize that they're just trying their best and and work with them through that. Yeah. It's a super important life lesson. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's crazy because uh, I never really thought of like applying that to actual life. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely something that I try to do and I hope that other people try to do as well. Um, and yeah, I think the fact that even in the show, obviously Michael doesn't have a lot of friends, but he ends up gaining friends, um, you know, with the progression of his personality and, um, just people loving him for the good parts of him, uh, is, yeah it's a huge life lesson and it's kind of (laughs) before you went on that um what you said i i thought of it's kind of like your grandma that you love yeah where they say kind of sketchy things but you're like oh i love you yeah you shouldn't say that but i love you (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a hard juxtaposition Uh and for me personally it's hard for me not to see things in black or white and i've been reconciling with that a lot in the past few years in understanding that there's so much gray areas in the world Mm -hmm. that people can be both good and have bad in them yeah and still actively have bad but also be good it's it's almost mind-boggling but willingness to see that there is good in people and to try to focus on that instead of just what's bad about them allows you to be more open as a person yeah which is cool yeah it's like star wars (laughs) yes (laughs) except star wars does end up at the end pointing it in black and white but the beginning lessons are 
the gray areas and then they become black and white <laughs> because they want to make it easier <laughs> it is easier when things are black and white <laughs> but yeah it's just it's all about perspective man perspective dude <laughs> it's a crazy thing it's a trip and speaking of just the childish childish natures of um these characters mm-hmm. i wanted to touch on how jim acts in this episode yeah because it's definitely one of his most childish moments and he's pulled pranks on dwight which is right. already a childish thing to do yeah but... it definitely shows how immature he's willing to be yeah this is an amped level of he's willing to be childish to kind of to pam it mostly he doesn't mean to but it definitely affects pam in a negative way that i don't think he realizes yeah there's a weird thing we see with jim's character in this episode that he's willing to go down to almost a petty level mm-hmm. with roy yeah and i think the previous episode informs sort of his willingness to go to that level yeah. because of roy just really getting angry at him so Jim feels like if he can best him in basketball, it's, he sort of has a leg up on Roy in some way. And, and it almost like a dominant masculine type of way, like yeah. a weird. It's really weird. Yeah. Um, and he even establishes that he played basketball in high school. Right. And he's actually, does John Krasinski actually play basketball? Cause he's he looks like he does. Pretty good I would in the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like he does a little passing yeah, on his back. That was, and, yeah, it was impressive. Yeah. <laughs> um, definitely got cast for the right part with that episode. <laughs> Imagine if they had a stunt double if, if he was actually bad at basketball. There's <laughs> like these horrible cuts. <laughs> I mean, if that's true, then that's pretty good editing. Right, it would be impressive. But yeah, it doesn't feel like he does all that stuff himself, um, which makes me <laughs> think, like, what if they were in the audition and they already had this idea of them all playing basketball and they're like how good are you at basketball they're like like, you've got the part if you can make this shot (laughs) (laughs) but another weird thing about jim's character is he it's almost like he thinks that if he wins this basketball game he will win pam over because again in the context of this bet if Roy has to work on Saturday, that means that Pam is not going to be with Roy on Saturday. Yeah. So she's sort of free to hang out with Jim. And that's his almost his thought process. And I think why he takes it so seriously, because he feels like if I can win this basketball game, then I win Pam. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, he invites Pam to go with him to the mall. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It almost feels like he thinks if they just hang out once out of work, then Pam will truly, like her eyes will open and she'll just be like, what what have I done? (laughs) I've made a horrible mistake. Um, And also, I know they joke about, they have like a little back and forth of, well, I'm going to be here. Well, I think you're going to be at the mall type right. thing. Um, and it 
it's very tongue-in-cheek where you know they're joking about this but Jim thinks that it's actually going to happen Mm -hmm. because I think if they actually if the warehouse actually worked on Saturday I can't imagine them actually following through with plans to go to the mall together um and honestly I feel like Roy would take work off anyways and go to the lake (laughs) because they already had those plans set up um yeah so just the lengths that his brain goes that this is actually what's going to happen is kind of crazy yeah and you kind of just get that glimpse of how unrealistic jim's expectations are Mm -hmm. that's that this is how something's going to happen with pam yeah because he hasn't really been given an opportunity like this before and i think he sees that this could be an opportunity that i could win her over mm-hmm. and again it's just it's really strange to me that it seems like he takes that very seriously yeah and i i mentioned it before but he definitely just um he ends up kind of harming pam in the process and he doesn't even realize it where at first it's kind of you know, Jim makes a shot and then he looks over at Pam and she kind of smiles and claps. And then, you know, it definitely shifts when Michael calls them all over to huddle and then Jim demands that he take Roy instead. Right. And then you, it goes over to Pam and you just see the kind of look in her eyes where she's realizing that he's being childish Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, you know, no matter how, um, much she actually realizes Jim's true intention, she still recognizes that whatever his plan is, he's, you know, (laughs) he's just acting like an idiot. Um, and yeah, when Jim starts acting more aggressive towards Roy and pushing him over and bumping him to make shots. Right. It reflects on Pam and, you know, she just ends up getting annoyed with him and they don't really show the aftermath of what actually happened after the game, really. And it seems like they end on good spirits because Jim's talking to Pam when everyone's changing back into their clothes. Um, so they probably didn't discuss it again because of their passiveness, but it definitely, like, you can see that it definitely affected her in a negative way. Yeah. I didn't really pick up on that when I was watching it, that it also affected Pam. Cause I was mainly looking at the chemistry between Jim and Roy. Yeah. But I think you're right that it, it certainly had an effect on Pam and she saw that these two people in her life were just acting really immature yeah, and almost fighting. Like, I mean, that's essentially what they were doing because <laughs> um, they just become more and more aggressive towards each other. Right. Um, and luckily the game truly ends 
before because it ends very abruptly and uh i don't know without like a final countdown where it would actually feel intense right and important um and instead ends kind of on a flat note where their aggression and childish um, immaturity, I guess, just doesn't amplify to a real point. Yeah. Um, which obviously Michael didn't intend. He just waited for them to be ahead to end it. But I think in um, unknowing, he kind of uh, stopped a fight from really happening um because again we don't know what extent it would have gone to but i don't think it would have ended as positively as it did and it didn't even end super positively but (laughs) at least it was a flat kind of more positive than a negative ending Mm -hmm. to it yeah and also just this last little part about Jim's inner dialogue at the very end when he's talking with Pam, mm-hmm. but then him or Pam and Roy leave yeah. and Jim's still sitting there and he hears Pam say, let's get you into a bath. Yeah. And just his face mm-hmm. just looks defeated. Yeah. And again, it shows how much stock he put into this mm-hmm. basketball game. Like he was going to win Pam. Mm-hmm. But as soon as he hears that, he's like, oh, I guess all that showing off didn't pay off at all yeah uh and i guess that also includes before the game started when they go down to the warehouse and uh pam and roy kind of end up quickly making out before the game starts oh, right. where it's just jim stretching like right next to them That's right. and you can just feel the awkwardness that he <laughs> has and just I think that also kind of sparks more of a fire in him mm-hmm. to win this game uh, for the reasons that we've already discussed. But yeah, I think just all of those things adding up just made him become a child again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty unfortunate to see mm-hmm. in him. But again, it just shows that he's a well-developed character yeah and i kind of discussed this in the last episode on how they edit the office Mm -hmm. but i just wanted to bring it up again because it actually is very uh i guess shown off in this episode where it's very clear and it's not super subtle but it's subtle enough where they don't have to tell us and, and instead show us where uh jim's being interviewed before the game starts and he says oh uh i did basketball in high school i'm hoping that this will impress a couple people and as soon as he says that it cuts to a shot of pam Mm. you know it just shows that inner dialogue and you don't even have to say what he means and you just you know it cuts to that shot and you're like yeah Yeah, pam he's doing it for pam and it's not like the audience doesn't know that, but it just furthers that kind of subconscious part of our brain, you know, pairing it with what just followed 
you know, just saying, I want to impress some people and then Pam, you know, (laughs) it just kind of puts that in your mind just even further that even though you already knew this, you're just remembering. Yeah. Yeah. Jim wants Pam. Right. It's being reinforced Mm -hmm. through the editing even. Yeah. Just in dialogue. Yeah. That's cool. Mm hmm. Also, something I thought was funny is right before they were starting the game, Daryl's eating his lunch in the truck. Yeah. And Michael says, classic beginner's mistake eating before a game. And I was thinking of when he eats all that Alfredo yeah. before the race. So it's like, he didn't even take his own advice. <laughs> he was learning from Daryl. Because <laughs> they ended up winning in the end. Even though they didn't win in points, they still they won. Did. <laughs> they did defeat them. Yeah, which is another thing of Michael's character is when... He ends the uh, game and it's the warehouse is lower in points. So they technically have to work the weekend and just the warehouse just close in on him. Yeah. And they don't even throw like throw up a hand to like get ready to punch him. They just intimidate him with height. Right. That's all they know. That's they know that's all that they need. Yeah. It show some kind of dominance over him. Uh-huh. And yeah, just immediately Michael's like, yeah, it's just, we're just joshing you. It's just, we'll do it. <laughs> and I was thinking, you know, he also lets his own, he lets his employees go and then mentions downsizing. Um, but I was thinking before he mentioned downsizing, because you know, everyone actually came because they're scared of their jobs um being on the line but i was thinking if he didn't do that michael definitely would have gone in himself on saturday just alone and maybe with dwight because dwight would love to go in yeah he would (laughs) but i think that just shows how isolated he is um and yeah just how easily he can be pushed to make a different decision (laughs) yeah yeah he is very i feel like i think it was Mm wishy-washy there's a better word but yeah he's not great at sticking to a stance when it comes to confrontation Mm -hmm. and another thing just about sort of michael's choices or the things we learn about his character in this episode is in the actual basketball game when dwight makes a basket he's like dwight i was open (laughs) so he sees the need to always be the one that delivers something good that happens Mm -hmm. and i was also thinking dwight's the only one that michael really feels like he has authority over yeah because you think of the episode where Dwight's doing his tactic where he's saying, three, two, one, do it, do it, do it right now. Shake my hand. He does that to Michael and Michael still doesn't, you know, that intimidation doesn't work on him. That's true. So I feel like um, Dwight is the only person that Michael feels like he has true power over Mm. because anyone else, I feel like anyone else in that office could do the same kind of intimidation tactic that the warehouse did and michael would you know change his yeah, mind they could influence him to what yeah they wanted him to do and maybe in different 
kind of intimidation tactics, but the still same kind of, you know, uh, intimidation, I guess. Yeah. That is interesting that Michael does feel like the main person he has control over is Dwight. Mm -hmm. And maybe that is why he likes keeping him around because he gives him that sense of being the boss and having that kind of authority. Mm -hmm. Because if he didn't have Dwight, I wonder if he would feel as confident as he does. So I bet it gives him kind of a boost of confidence. Yeah, I really don't think he would. Mm -hmm. Because we see glimpses of what Michael's like without Dwight um, when he leaves. Um, And, you know, we'll talk about it when that episode actually is going to be discussed. But, you know, you see those instances where, um, you know, Dwight's the one that waters the plants. So all the plants die and Dwight rearranges his toys in a very pleasing manner. (laughs) also when Dwight ends up going behind his back and talking to Jan about a higher up position. Right. I think that's, um, I don't know, it just kind of makes Michael fearful that he's losing power over the one person that he does mm-hmm. have power over. Um, and yeah, I think a big reason why uh, that dynamic between them in that episode is so strong. Like the tension is so strong is because of that reason. And he feels like he's losing this small power that he does have. Yeah. This is definitely important to Michael's character. I think is having Dwight for that kind of stability mm-hmm. that he feels. Yeah. Oh, I, one more thing about the basketball game. Uh-huh. Um, Michael sees that Daryl and one of the other warehouse employees like have a little dance yeah. when they make a, a I was going to say a goal. Oh, gosh. <laughs> when they make a basket. <laughs> um, and so he wants to sort of promote that kind of teamwork in his team. Yeah. And so he tries to do it with Ryan. Is yeah. that? And he, he does like a chest bump. <laughs> right. And it just is not. It does not take. So it shows, I think, probably Michael's jealousy that he has for Daryl as a leader, and he wishes that he could instill that kind of teamwork and fellowship in the office. Mm -hmm. But it just doesn't happen. (laughs) Yeah, he definitely envies Daryl's compassion and just, his ability to make friendships with his co-workers even though he is the boss right and yeah he definitely just wants to be that and to see how well these two people flow together and they even have their own little dance that they do he just wants that so bad <laughs> but again when he even tries to do it he's the only one that does it right oh man also another just great bit of comedy is that ending shot with kevin making all those baskets yeah it's like wow you should have put kevin on the team you would have helped out a lot yeah and they even kind of point towards it before the game actually starts when they show 
Kevin tossing the tissue right. box and Oscar making the, the paper. The paper. And then the third person they show is Stanley, who has something and then he throws it and it misses. Yeah. And so you just kind of get an insight into the people that he's chosen are not the people that he needed. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is also funny because Oscar and Kevin both volunteered yeah. to play. It was like, I don't think you guys have what it takes. Yeah. But Stanley, obviously. obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is just another insight into Kevin's personality where he's good at a lot of things. Yeah. In another timeline, he would have been a very good warehouse worker. Yes. Yeah, imagine, because they have the basketball hoop down there. Yeah. So he would have had a basketball hoop in his driveway and at work. Yes. <laughs> he would have been even better. <laughs> Would have made so many shots. <laughs> well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of basketball. All right. Uh, we definitely have a pickup game we need to go start. I got some cool guys in my driveway with my yes. hoop. We're ready to play some ball. We're ready to pick up that game. Cameron, do you have your gym bag? Yes, I have my gym bag. It's right here. Okay. Do you have your gym bag, Brian? I have my gym bag. Awesome. Um, I hope Dwight doesn't have his gym bag. Yeah. Because, man, that guy sucks. He watches anime. <laughs> what a dweeb. <laughs>